0: So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Available on all of your favorite podcast apps. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling. To the highway In a brand new day. Over the way. Gotta let it
1: go So far <laughs> The is a Fast to finger Down Is to Welcome back to open the voice gate for September 18th, 2023. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network feed or on the Open the VoiceGate podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open voice gate If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing site. You click the red boxes to sponsor this podcast and you set up a one-time a reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever. We would like to thank all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts, Joel Powell, Mike Spears, joining alongside, as always, Case Low. In case it's an, as we were just saying right before I hit record, we're kind of in this period with Dragon Gate right now where I just have my eye looking ahead in the calendar just because we don't really have a whole lot of plate spending, it feels like.
0: No, it, you know, it's such an odd year for the promotion where. We come out of, you know, one show going, all right, here we go. You know, cannons are firing, they're moving, they're shaking, and then things cool off again. And then, you know, we go through a three-week lull until we get to the next big show, and then we go, all right, here we go. Now things are happening, and then it slows down again. And this is very much one of those slow periods where, you know, you know, we'll talk about this Kyoto show from over the weekend in in, in a minute, and I actually thought this was arguably an above average Kyoto show at the very least, perfectly uh, very solid, you know, average sort of show. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. There's something about this promotion right now, and I, I can't put my finger on what it is. It's just this weird sort of stop-start thing that I. It, it's very hard to uh, to fully love right now.
1: Yeah, it's something that, like, for me, I uh, look at the schedule of what's coming a- ahead in October. In October, there are a lot of hits coming. Like, we go, like, this weekend, there'll be a- a- Edeon 2. Next weekend, Kobe Sambo Hall. No shows between uh, the end of this, between that Osaka show and Ko- Kobe Sambo Hall. Like, six-day break, that's, for them and their schedule, that's pretty rare. But then we look and we turn right over to October and you're just like right off the bat into a uh, blue then Thursday, Cork and Friday and then that sat, that Monday is uh the gate of origin in Sendai and the problem is is that so we essentially have five uh taped TV shows that we have until this uh what I'll charitably say one of the lower level B shows in Dragon Gate schedule but we really have like nothing that is coming close to being cemented for the show and a lot of the thoughts that we had about the overall like shimizu and Dreamgate kind of scene completely out the window too as we'll we'll, we'll talk about the the various things that have come together over the last week but they're doing yoshioka on sunday in osaka for big r shimizu they're, they're completing the series there and then one would think like okay then we're going to see some sort of Resolution, and if that, we might see a title challenge there. And I don't think that they're going to do a title challenge at that, that cork. And and I don't think that Sendai makes sense for a Dream Gate feud that's been built up for five months. Essentially, at that point, it's a weird time, well, uh... and that's like the one plate we have spinning right now is Big R Shimizu's. Oh, I'm sorry, not Big Bo- Big Boss Shimizu's call-, call him Big R. Big Boss Shimizus versus Rewa 6, that's like the one thing that has been the active storyline since the end of August, it feels like.
0: Yeah, you get Shimizu versus Rewa, you know, you want to throw in just TN Revolution versus everybody, I wouldn't argue there. The good news is we get Shun Skywalker back this weekend, and we've seen it now two years in a row, and I feel pretty comfortable saying it now. I just think this promotion moves at seventy five percent speed when Shun's not around, and it goes to the importance of him. And you know, it, it shows his talent as well. When he's not there, things just don't feel as big. They don't feel as important. They don't feel as heated. Zebrats don't feel like they matter anywhere uh, near as much as they do when Shun is around. And I think that's plagued them, you know, in in August and September, as they just haven't had their lead heel. And whether you want to stick him against M3K and do him in Junior and him in Mochi, or you want to stick him against Vibes and continue his ongoing view with Casey, or, you know, d there's always a possibility there of some interesting stuff. It doesn't really matter what it is. Shun is always doing something interesting, and they removed that piece of the puzzle over the last month and a half. I understand Shun wants to wrestle in North America, and maybe he has leverage because he's going to make more money over there than he is in Japan. But if I were Dragon Gate, I would not want him gone this much at all going forward.
1: And it's something where I know I feel like for the last few months I've constant, I've been like, "Well, Z brats," and it's it's down to a trio, and it's a trio that we saw a lot of before the before Shun going abroad, before Diamante is expelled from the group. But now that's all you have, and I think that it, it is a little bit. it will be a little bit reductive to say it, case, but. There is something about overall about the argument of the health of Dragon Gate can be told by how strong the heal unit feels at this point. And I don't know how, like, one could look at Zebrats right now and think, like, this is a healthy heal unit. even And I, and even with Shun coming back, that's still four. Like, you've got to do some stuff there. And I think it It's that... still
0: four, and they also— you know, they, they've they lost their natural rival in Diamante, and I will stress to everybody, Diamante's still on the roster page. Everybody that I've talked to within Gate says, yep, we're just waiting on him to come back, but he's coming back. You know, it's not it's not a deal where he had to send off at World and you're going to see him pop up at another promotion. He's still a Gate wrestler. I am of the belief that he's just recovering from an injury right now, but, you know, Zebrats had a natural program coming out of World, but for logistical reasons, they couldn't follow up on it.
1: Yeah, and then w- when you like have that happen with your heal unit alongside the fact that we have a vacant triangle gate which will be settled by next cork and so that's fine like that's gives us short term things and the tournament we'll talk about in a little bit that gives you something but brave gate uh the reafooda brave gate thing I think we could honestly just throw out the window at this point like it's very to me at least I think that sure he could get a just a kick on Ishin, and there's the match but that does not seem to be the direction either for Ishin or Fuda. it does not look like there's a brave gate thing and then lo and behold there's nothing about the dream gate feud like what could we say that madoka Kakuda has really done since uh dangerous gate nothing
0: no not much and you know to go back to what you were just talking about with shimizu For those that maybe haven't listened every week, you know, I I, I sort of laid out this plan after Dangerous Gate, where it's like, okay, you know, Shimizu is going to wrestle uh, Ben and Korkin, and and we knew that going, you know, into that Korkin show, and then I assumed this Osaka show this weekend, he would wrestle Strong Machine J., because I think with a few weeks build that's worthy of headlining Osaka number two, those guys have both been in that position as challengers to the Dreamgate before, and it's Shimizu's hometown. And then I thought, okay, well then maybe they'll wait a cork and and they'll do the Yuki Yoshioka match, but instead they've expedited that process. And uh, the reason that Mike Rai might look at the the impending or seemingly impending Shimizu Dreamgate Challenge as being something not worth doing in Sendai is that you have Gate of Destiny, the Osaka-based Big Five show, the Osaka-based pay-per-view coming up in November, and again that Shimizu's hometown. All signs would point to wanting to do a big match there, but with the way they're doing this, it might just be a cork and blow off now.
1: But I don't think it can be a cork and blow off if you're doing a triangle gate three-way tag match at Corkin in the main event. Like the, the, no, they I mean, don't, they, you
0: know? They, they, yeah, I do mean they, they, they might.
1: Do they do a Dreamgate match and another title match in Cork and very often? I can't think of the last time. That does not happen, though.
0: No, I certainly can't think of the last time. I mean, it could be just one where, you know, they, they rip the Band-Aid off and go, you know what, we want 1,500 people in this building and this is the way to do it. Now, of course, that probably won't happen because you've got to remember Kakuta is in the Triangle Gate tournament and his first round match, he's wrestling the future generation and thus i would assume they would win and then go to the finals. So that probably won't happen there, but then i feel like it's a waste of gate of origin. You know, i i they've they they had a very clear runway here and they are scaring me that they're going di- to d- divert course and go elsewhere.
1: The one thing i could say looking at the calendar right now, case if they don't do it at origin, then it has to be at at destiny because the remaining schedule in october is a double header at a Kobe art center a a double header at across Fukuoka that's it so I, I there's no like significant TV before gate of between gate of origin and gate of destiny it's just going to be something that just looms I guess if it doesn't happen at that point but I think that it, it is something where like you do wonder about like how things are really kind of coming together when you have what is normally one of your bigger shows, especially in Sendai, A even though I say it's like a, a bottom tier uh, B tier show, it's still considered a major show for them at this point. And especially considering uh, all the people around Sendai and Owate and Tohoku, you'd think that they would have some sort of direction going there at this point, but it's not that case right now.
0: So, Elephant in the Room, as we talked about the Dreamgate situation, maybe transition away from Zebrat for just a second, because I don't think I don't think you or I have the answer other than the heel unit has to be shaken up a little bit, you know, and I, I've been in favor of turning heel face and turning Kai face for a long time now, keep Ishan heel, keep Skywalker heel, and play with the parts from there, but Elephant in the Room, early in the episode to talk about this, but he continues to be the main focus of the promotion— I lobbied for Shimizu beats Kakuta, Skywalker beats Shimizu. Next year at World, it's Diamante versus Skywalker for the Dream Gate. Diamante wins a year after getting unmatched. He gets his triumphant win. Do we crumple that up, throw it out the window, and light it on fire, and just all jump aboard the idea that TN Revolution is beating and possibly squashing Madoka Kakuta for the Dream Gate belt?
1: I'm not that far. I'm not not to that point yet. I think that it's something that's very kind of noticeable with him in his treatment. That you do kind of feel like maybe they find a way that he gets like the title shot, and maybe that's kind of the gut check for him. Then it's like, okay, now we've seen him already at this thing, but you can't just come into the come come back to the company and just w- lay claim to the title. You actually, it, it does not work that way for him. Like, I don't know if. If we're ready to nuclear option that it's just something where with how things are laid out and the pieces right here, it's very like the 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 thing about the the skywalker your idea from last week that you're basically getting the belt of skywalker and you're and he's keeping it however long it is until world i I'm just i think that doing another a longer heel Skywalker run, unless you completely revitalize the heel units and everything and the decks completely shook. I don't know like how much more like Skywalker around the belt before we start a season fatigue, because that'll be a lot over the past two years.
0: Well, it, it, it is. And it isn't because Shimizu w- w- would be a fresh match. You could get a KZ Dreamgate defense, which hasn't happened since world 2021. I would kick the tires on another Strong Machine J defense. I think Jason Lee is always an option. I think Coach Minora, they they didn't do, uh, let's see, Skywalker won the belt in January against Yoshioka, and then they did Strong Machine J and then Kakuta. So you've got Skywalker versus Menorah as an option. That's an unexplored match. Uh, Always a possibility to do Skywalker versus Ben as those two continue to grow and develop beyond just being class of 2016 trainees. And then you have M3K, and you've got Mochi, you've got Mochi Jr., and you've got Susumu Mochizuki. And I think all of those matches are fresh, let alone any future guy that could poke his head in there, let alone Doi or Dragon Kid or Yamato or Kondo. I actually think we've really barely scratched the surface on a heel Skywalker run. And if you wanted to give him the belt, let's say, at final gate, I can work with seven months of challengers for him. I think I could lay that out one a month pretty easily.
1: I, I mean challengers, yes, like you're absolutely right like the, the one thing about the heel side he had those two two matches and that was really it with it. I just it is something that with him in this character, him being like the uh, like just the psychopath kind of character with the belt i and as the character I'm one it, it still doesn't like address like like the, there is legitimate I feel like there's legitimate fatigue with Skywalker in the main event sometimes and it does kind of seem like that they might want to, I don't know, toe touch it or be kind of a little bit careful about that. But if it's something where it will, we see like a noticeable difference, especially when he comes back this month, then I think you just have to at that point, like fatigue be damned, you know?
0: Yes, I, 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 I'm not there with you, but I can at least see your point. Let's pivot back to TN for just a second. Mike, put yourself in this scenario. You're in Osaka this weekend. You're backstage. And your main man GM Rio Saito comes up to you. And he says, "Mike, thought about it, thought about it a lot. We're going to do it. We're going to belt up TN. We're going to do it at Gate of Destiny. He's going to destroy Kakuta and be Dreamgate champion. What's your one piece of advice you're giving to Saito before he pulls the trigger on that situation?:
1: Have the title run completely planned out?": Like, fair. I, I think that if you are going to do this with TN Revolution, you have to do it in such a way that you know deliberately how you set up like the challengers and how these matches are going to go. Like That was like not to completely go on the third rail immediately. One of the things I thought that in AEW with NJF's uh, current title run, what they I thought that they did really well was the initial buildup for Ricky Starks in that one title match. You know, like his first title offense, like they really did a well, a well job of making Ricky Starks feel like he was ready for this kind of match and and in process MJF new champion came out of that match looking a whole lot stronger. You need to take that approach for the entitle the entire title run for T and Revolution, like to the point where not only do you know where the title switch will happen for him down the road, but you know basically, okay if not only his title matches, I feel like you need to really chart him out very carefully because it, it it's not that I feel like they can get exposed. It's just you have to handle him correctly, I feel like.
0: Well, I, I think you're at great risk of him being exposed, and that's why I would advise against it. You know, the the name that I can't ignore as I see more and more chatter about the future of TN, and, and to be clear, I don't think they're going to do it, and I wouldn't do it, but I also can't ignore it but I would just continue to point towards a photo of a young Shinsuke Nakamura and say, You don't, you don't want this. Now, does TN have more charisma than a a rookie Shinsuke did? Absolutely. But still, I would be just so afraid of, of those comparisons and that parallel that I would just entirely avoid the situation if I could.
1: Yeah, and it it's something where, especially with a fickle fan base promotion like Dragon Gate is. There's always the worry that not only Shinsuke Nakamura talking about like the rookie Supernova phase, the the, the fans here could just outright reject him. like That's getting coach of this, And it's something that I've kind of, I, I've made time to watch everything that TN Revolution has done and, and actually s- listen to his promos after each match, just trying to see if there's going to be a moment where like a crowd just goes, all right, who is this kid? Why should I care about him? Why is he hectoring about the roster that he just showed up at? because it's something where this this is like this is a new normal but it's also something where it, it it's not we, we did the whole entire like TN talk kind of show but as we like kind of get used to him and this presence and like this it, it it's pretty clear to me like it is a very special presence I stand at by everything we said last week of course but it is something that you are putting a lot of trust in him and trust in the crowd and that could very easily go in a completely different direction
0: i don't really think we've ever been in a situation like this historically you know there's nobody else that that we could really point to i mean ben was very hyped when he debuted but they really took their time with ben and, you know three years later he was able to, to capture the dreamgate belt Th- this is the first time that i think we've really been in this spot where you go can this guy a year into his career possibly become the top dog now we had similar conversations with SP Kento, but they were more like, God, if this guy was taller, could you imagine what we'd be talking about? It, it, it's all just very interesting, and it's a situation that will continue to ebb and flow and continue to evolve. But coming out of this Kyoto weekend, uh, I look at this as another extremely positive weekend for TN Revolution.
1: Yeah, let's talk about his match he had in Kyoto. Uh, he was in the main event. They've been keeping him either in the main event or having singles matches against people of his class. As we talked about last week when we were talking about the Ryo Tanaka match, if it's a singles match, he squashes them pretty quickly. If it's a main event, we get to see a little bit more of him, and such was the case in the main event of the Kyoto show. Uh, Yamato Shuji Kondo team with TN. Revolution versus uh, Natural Vibes, KZ, Jack, Jason Lee, Jackie Funky Kameh, and it's TNR with the limit bomb on Kame to win it in 15 minutes.
0: I don't know about you. Maybe I'm just extraordinarily high on this match. I went notebook on it. I, I thought this whole thing, it, it, more so, not that it was great, I was just fascinated. By every single move they made. I thought there were a lot of different small things that they did that you could read into and scratch your chin and go, oh, that's very interesting. There was just a lot of that in this match. And I'm a big fan of stuff like that. And thus, I I will rant and rave over it once I hear your opening thoughts.
1: So I was just a shade off notebook three and three quarters case, so I don't think you were out to lunch there. And there were like little aspects about this match, and the fact that like we have seen KZ, Jason Lee, Jackie, Funky Kame pairings basically for the last eighteen months now. And there's like a certain thing with Natural Vibes as a as a unit, how their matches kind of work. That if you see like over a hundred of them at this point, you you, you kind of get a sense of, okay, here's the person who takes the beating. Here's the here's who's the hot tag. Here's this. And the thing that kind of got me about this one, I don't know if it was just me, like this was really a a big match Jack show with very little Jason in it. And that kind of surprised me. But the biggest takeaway was the best chemistry that he's had on the roster so far is TN with KZ.
0: Yeah, that that is uh, a very good way of looking at it. And and really, you know, his chemistry, I thought, with Jack was great. The limited interaction you have with Jason, I thought, was great. I would be putting T N against Natural Vibes as much as I possibly can. I would probably shift it to house shows going forward. But if you need a guy to develop quickly and you need him to not embarrass himself, KZ, Jason, Jack, Shimizu, it's hard to find, in UT for that matter, it's hard to find a better combination of guys. And I think Tien took full advantage of that here.
1: Yeah. And it is something that like, as we talk about Tien and kind of figure out his place in the promotion, he's been amazingly stuck with Yamato and the uh, veteran, for lack of better terms, army. And that is something that I feel like maybe breaks down for for TN. Maybe instead of having him rocket ship all the way up the mountain, Maybe I, I could kind of see him and versus Yamato kind of being spun off into something pretty soon because when we are at a point, okay. yep. Go ahead. Yeah, but because we're at a point now where you have this guy who he is clearly going to be a number one, he's going to be a mainline player and TN revolution. And he's in the uh, assorted, uh, unaligned people, a uh, Shuchi Kondo, who we've had to greatly change our expectations of what Shuji Kondo means in this promotion. Over the two years he's been back, Yamato, who has openly said, "I'm this year I'm stepping away from the front lines. He's going to have to get a unit together or a grouping like this. And what's clear to me is that I don't think Yamato and TN Revolution are going to be teaming for very long. I feel like that that is maybe a major kind of thing for him. Along the lines of if we want to talk about like, 2011 how when akira tozawa came back from excursion he went right for uh yamato at that point i can see that kind of being replicated here
0: is there is there a world where they can hold off for four months and do revolution versus yamato at gate of bayside in, in Revolution's hometown, that new pay-per-view they're adding in January, because that is where my mind goes, is these guys are teaming, but they're going to eventually split, and the way they've positioned these two is fascinating. Yamato in this match early goes into this big back-and-forth chop battle with Kame, and it's disgusting. The chops are loud. The chops are uh, impactful. Really, really interesting stuff. As the match comes down the stretch, it's Kame and Tien in the ring. Kame is throwing those same chops that devastated Yamato, and by and large, Tien shook them off and then delivered his own overhand chop to the chest of Kame that took him down, and from there they went to the finishing stretch. I just can't ignore stuff like that, where you have uh, you know, a, a very obvious spot where Yamato takes damage, and then they do the same spot later, and Tien just entirely shakes it off
1: yeah and it's something that when you like look at the pairings and how he's kind of been put it's not him and dragon kid in teams like we're, we've seen now at a we're at a point now where like you do have like the rare thing like uh, i i say they, they they've stuck him with Yamato, and on a house show he is teaming with yoshida but guess who's going up against k case it's casey and jackie funky kame so there you go that logic go. is holding even if it's not just that but that, that's not a televised show so I mean that's that's something where I doubt that match makes YouTube to begin with. But it's kind of, it, it's something where like with TN and in this performance especially like with him and Jack and how it just kind of broke down towards the end, we had he went for the agave. It looked as gnarly as it always is that that's going to be a finishing move where it, it it's good that he's that much bigger than a lot of his contemporaries cuz he could really pretzel them. And it looks really cool with that. But the thing that got me in the closing stretch of this match, as you were talking about the chop the chop battle, there was a moment where uh, JFK rolls through, goes for the jackie knife, and he just noped his way out of it. He just continued rolling. He's like, I'm not taking this. This doesn't work for me, brother, and went right for the finish.
0: Yeah, really interesting stuff between these two. I mean, I'm of the belief Kamei and Tian are going to have... Very, very special chemistry as TN continues to develop. We saw what Kamei could do with Diamante. TN is of a similar frame. I would really hope that those two are able to explore their chemistry going forward. And I would also say, I think this was, you know, an improvement from his Korkin performance, which I thought was great. This was the most complete TN performance to date. He might have come across like a bigger star in Korkin just because of the atmosphere. But I thought his wrestling in this match was really, really solid.
1: Yeah, it's something where, like, I feel like now seeing kind of him in two different forms at this point, but he's starting to be, be really complete uh, that there is just like YouTube wise. There was only one YouTube show that happened this weekend Uh the, the one from today just now got uploaded. But uh, TN faced Daiki on a Gucci and that one was a little bit of a rougher match, but I kind of put that up to the fact that Daiki, you know, in yes. that kind of case. But it is something where like we've kind of seen him in like the main event and in these positions. And it's and it's not even that he's being hidden like we were talking about what was always the case with Benke. As soon as Benkei was in maximum, they basically hit him for two, except for two minutes in every trade-offs match for six months. He worked a lot of this. And it was something that it was very noticeable, like how smooth and how coherent he felt. Whereas I, the talking point about him getting to, used to Dragon Gate ring speed I think he's almost there already.
0: That's what I'm curious to see. I, I really am looking forward to getting this full Osaka card, which we don't have because we're recording a day early, and then obviously the October Quirk and I mean, you know, my eyes are gonna dart to his name as soon as they're released because I really I really want to see what he's doing. But again, you know, two on on the two televised shows he's worked, really, really strong outings for him thus far
1: yeah absolutely uh let's go to the sumo man event next on the this show uh the fifth match in the big boss shimizu reiwa six trial versus his uh contemporary in natural vibe strong machine J. it was the uh as as i'm trying to get my new notebook going right it was the big boss slam it was a shot put slam and yep. to finish this one there and Strong Machine J in this match because I thought that I came away with this really like not, less thinking about Shimizu, but thinking about Strong Machine J in this match. What were your thoughts?
0: It was a good outing for him. You know, it was a match that he was actually able to be in control of for most of. I mean, much like the Yoshioka match. Or I'm sorry, the uh, the Ben match at Korokan. Shimizu took a lot of took a lot of offense here and had to build himself back up. And it's not a role that we're used to seeing Shimizu in. But it's a role that he's done, and I think he's done well. But you're right. This was a good night for Strong Machine, Jay.
1: Yeah, and for me, the, the thing that kind of resonated with me was, like, Jay basically jumped him right at the right at the start, took him to the outside, and ripped off the tape around the ring apron and wedged a chair in between the ring apron and the uh, frame. Dragon Gate, they taped their, their ring aprons to the mat. but this was a way to kind of work that I thought that was pretty inventive of that. I thought that was actually kind of a cool spot.
0: Yeah, no, I mean look, I I I think Jay's a very creative wrestler and I think we just in these big spots he uses his mind in ways that I'm not I'm not always used to, but I think it's a it's a welcome deal. Where are you at with Shimizu uh, you know, in, in terms of his momentum? Are you still invested in the story or the deeper and the longer we go into this are you starting to tail off?
1: I think that this was a point where it could have really downturned. I think that, obviously, with Strong Machine J being presented as number six, basically, like, like the lowest ranked one, like, this is something that I would think that out of everything, even before the Reiwa 6 declaration, we've been like, okay, yeah, no, is gonna beat Strong Machine J. That makes perfect sense with that. But it was enough with Strong Machine J, like, wrestling up in this situation wrestling white as he had more to prove and basically getting to a point where he kept on going for the uh the machine's suplex and it just he was not able to get to that point and at a certain point i was going like oh is he gonna go diamond frame and i was like why am i thinking about a submission finish like i know what this is going to happen here i i I wasn't wasn't that a spoil just like no i i would think that we'd be going shot put slam one two three after this and getting to that level of investment in this. I was, I was notebook on this. I was four flat. I really oh, thought well, you, that you liked this way more than I did. Yeah. It, it's something where I think that strong machine J over really the last seven months, if we want to go back to a uh, uh, champion gate onwards, he's been thrust into this position where like, if we want to talk about how stock up, stock down across 2023 the biggest stock up has to be Strong Machine J from where he was on January 1st to where he is today. And I don't think we can say that he's, he's ever like made a misstep in this elevation that he's risen to the occasion each time. And in a match where I felt like that Shimizu was, it was pretty much like a foregone conclusion. He really could have lost me with that. And with that match, along with the way that they worked the Yoshioka challenge and the post-match kind of uh, a fracas really kind of kept me into this because you're like, as you were asking, like, did, are you still in on this? I really do think this was the point where this could have gotten long in the tooth.
0: Let's go back to that exercise for just a second and go over to that Gate roster and look at some of the guys that are stock up and stock down since January 1st. I, I'm with you. I, I would think Strong Machine J has had the most growth since January 1st. I am curious what your top 3 would be cuz I would probably go him and then I don't know maybe Ishan and then I really think we have to have a conversation about Menorah, not that he wasn't a star, but where he started the year to go to where he is now. I I, I would probably list those 3, but that's something that we might have to revisit next week cuz now I'm I I want to dive into that more.
1: Yeah, uh, just uh, uh, first thought, best thought. Uh, yeah, I still think it's SMJ, number one. He's the person that if you put the money in in December, you'd be feeling pretty happy about ourselves. But even though since January, since July 2nd, things have not been that great, I, we can't miss the fact that Madoka Kakuda won Ray De Perejas, won the Dream Gate, won at Kobe World. Like, it is something that when you look at where he was on January 1st, Yes, he was coming off all the momentum from that Shingo Takagi match. Yes, it was something where the the new wind happened, but with, like he he if we're looking at this like at a graph, like he had it, it like yes, you would have wanted to sell his stock on on July 2nd if you had it earlier, but you're still making a, a massive positive return. And then after that in third I would say Ishin.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I, I certainly couldn't listen to anybody that wanted to make a, an arrow down argument for Kakuta, and I think there's people that would try, but I also think they're out to lunch there. I, I would I would maybe bump him over Menorah there, but I also, as I've talked about numerous times, just the Menorah rehab project has been so impressive to me that I at least think he's worth uh, uh, mentioning in the conversation. Whereas somebody like Diamante, you know. Maybe by this time next year, that arrow is just shooting up and it's on fire and it's white hot. But he came into this year a hot commodity and, you know, as of world, was still a hot commodity. So I I wouldn't list him.
1: Right. Yeah, we're talking about rate of rate of return here, return on investment here. And if you have the stock with Diamante, it's, it's a long term growth thing and you... And you got a good thing at Kobe World, but you're really holding off for the elevation there. And that's the thing is, he's like a 10-year treasury. That's how, we're, that's how you treat Diamante.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, if I put money into that account in 2021, I feel very good about where I'm at with uh, my Diamante stock.
1: Hey, if you got in early enough, case you might be looking at a matching Hacienda next Ultimos.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So uh, uh, can it, I talk
0: about can I talk about Kaito Nagano real quick?
1: Yeah, let's talk about Kaito Nagano. Uh, he was on this show. He was in the match of Naruki Doi on this show. Is Doi and Nagano versus uh, Horiguchi and UT. Uh What Kaito Nagano thoughts you got?
0: They gotta do something with this guy. You know, he uh, he had a lot of buzz at this time last year, and especially as we hit November and December, he was a guy that people talked about and. I thought he was good in the first part of the year, got hurt this summer. And now, I don't know, he doesn't jump off the screen to me the way that he once did. I think he's very cold right now. You know, there there's a lot of guys on their roster that I think are neutral. They're flat. They're not doing anything that's, that's moving them up or moving them down. I don't know. I am not into Kaito Nagano right now. And that might just be the gimmick is tired and I need him to join a unit. But where are you with him?
1: So, uh, work-wise, I think Kaito Nagano has gotten more consistent, actually. It's something because I've been thinking about Nagano, too, as he's really at a point where, like, this is a... We are now 13 months into his career. He's had his one-year anniversary. Like, it's time to kind of reassess things. And I think the thing about Nagano that we kind of have to recognize is, what, what do you think about when you think about Kaito Nagano?
0: Well, I think about the Space World Hurricane Rana.
1: Yep. Uh, And you probably think of him getting thrown up into the air by Diamante and Cork and Hall and then doing that. Yep. And the thing, the thing is, is that outside of that, like while that was happening, he was a rookie wrestler having a lot of rookie mistakes, I think. And I think like those, like having those abilities to do moves like this, like he has a crazy spaceman plancha. Like he is incredibly talented, but it was something that like, the highlights got you super excited about Nagano and you should be excited about him. But you also, but it's also something that like for all those high, those highlights, remember how much they, he botched his flash roll up that they had. Like it took him basically four months to be able to do uh Sukasa Fujimoto's role that he does. Like it's yeah, it's something... you're not wrong there. And with the injuries and all of that, it is something where he's now no longer a rookie. We are ready for that step. And I think you're absolutely right about it. I thought he was, more consistent here. And I thought that it's something that, like, but he's consistent. And I can't tell you last time I saw Space World. Like, that, that's, yeah, the thing. it just,
0: it, yeah, like he, he got more consistent, but he got boring in the process. And now, you know, I still think Kato jumps off the screen when I see him and I'm excited he's in that Triangle Gate tournament. Tanaka's always very interesting. I think Dikey's always very interesting. I went on a big Fuda thing last week. Nagano's like, the guy that's falling behind right now because i just don't know i don't know what's next for him and and, you know maybe you know he joins a unit we shuffle the deck and it's okay again but I, i would be lying if i said the prospect of a nagano match excites me the way that it did six months ago it just doesn't
1: yeah and it's something where i wonder how you take those steps because he had that he had that team rookie tag with Yoshiki Kato and Ray De Perez, but then like soon after Kato got hurt he was dealing with injuries and it kind of like killed like the momentum like if we're talking sock up sock down like at a certain point in February 2023 you would have felt really good about having Kato and Nagano socks and it's completely gone down since then like just objectively yeah, that's a good like point is, you know
0: i i forgot i forgot he and kato were in ray de parejas together and that team hasn't been explored since kato had his eye injury and i just right. don't know how how you don't run that back
1: and especially at a time where you i we have no like no indication whatsoever as a Twingate team not thinking that these could be like twin gate challengers but we it's already been proven through the through their matches that kato won matches nagano won matches that like maybe that they can get like a roll up somewhere and get into a number one contendership match but that that would at least be some sort of direction for them like of course they lose that contendership match if we're fan booking that but it it is something that that that's worth revisiting especially at a time where you have revolucion and then a lot of rookies like that was the that was the other thing when we did like our ranking uh, first Thought, Best Thought, Dreamgate potential like this. There's still nine people in this overall grouping. And outside of Junior, not a whole lot of direction with them right now.
0: Yeah, and I think that also, I mean, look, this is all, it all relates to one another. We talked in the beginning about how this promotion is, you know, sort of this holding pattern where it's one step forward and then two steps back. And it's not it's not a bad promotion. It's just sort of a boring promotion. And I think part of that is you have these guys, you know, these horses in the stable. And at some point, we got to let them roam free and sink or swim. And I've been more positive on the unit landscape than you have and that other people have, because I think the units themselves are good. I do think we're finally hitting a point. I'm finally coming around to this idea that they've just served their purpose and that we can move on from them. And part of that is going to be just getting these young guys involved.
1: Yeah, and, like, the, like, that's, like, the sad thing about the unit landscape. Like, just being frank about this. Zebrats is as fun as I've had with a heal unit since early Berserk. I think that it's done a lot of good for every person who's been a part of Zebrats. Like, like we'll look back at Zebrats pretty fondly, other than the whole SB Kento thing. But you look at the rest of the units, you have so many... And this is something that, like, this is my personal thing case. And you could probably, as I'm starting to talk, figure out where I'm going to get to. You've had Decourage be what they are you've had gold class kind of fluctuate but ending up really where they are and then you have zebrats whittling down m3k didn't add anyone else after the whole eshin uh its turn happened it's something where we talk about like is it a boring promotion the ring work itself isn't boring but the thing is is that i've come to a point where like I am looking right now at the results for the Takamatsu show that just went up on YouTube case. And this is the match three on this show that I could pretty much like, at least spiritually, I feel like I've seen this match over the last 18 months at least like five or six times. Dragon Kid, Don Fuji, and Ginky Horiguchi versus Yamato, Kagatora, and Problem Dragon. Keep on going down the show. Main event, Natural Vibes, Shimizu, SMJ, Jackie, Funky Kamei, Kai, Hiy, and Ishin. Maybe not that combination because SMJ doesn't always team with Kamei, but I feel like we've seen that match hundreds of times. And that's the thing that that like it makes these kind of shows where like you have D Courage in the Opener in Kyoto versus Ada Dragon Kid and Yoshida. These guys, like even in the unaffiliated side, because you can't do anything with Ada right now. You basically have them in these matches all the time. And it's and it makes the card construction pretty boring. That like a match. Like, that opener wasn't very good. I was like two and a half stars on it because it was a whole lot of Ada and Yoshida just screwing around. But it it gets—it kind of, I would say, in a way, hurts the appeal of the promotion when it's kind of samey. And I feel like that's been a major problem, at least as the unit landscape has shaken out this way more and more.
0: I don't remember if I talked about this last week or not. Did we did we do a big thing on Ata? I don't think we got to it. I think I had stuff in my notes, but we didn't really talk about it. I just I don't understand why that he can't be used like Doi. Doi is doing interesting stuff. Ata is around and just taking up space. And it's it's starting to annoy me more and more.
1: And it's at a point where like you look at where Ata's positioned and where he's booked in these matches and other other than like the times where he's put into like matches for a certain purpose or it's like okay it makes sense why you don't have aeta right there he's always like in the first half of the card and something completely inconsequential and it's and it's one of those things that i know i feel like we've been down this road of Ata a lot over the last 18 months but what are we doing like other than like the pure box office reason that aeta has always been a very good merch seller and at the and at a time like right now does not hurt to keep him around like that but it comes at a cost and comes at a cost that like, why not have Roy Tanaka on that side? And that's, and when you get to a point where you're talking about Aita versus a rookie and what serves you better off, then you really have to come to terms with what's happening here.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. I, you know, I, I, and maybe it's just Aita not wanting to play ball, but he's a guy who's over, who has value, who could do a lot of different things. Again, they're doing it with Doi right now. Ata, though, I mean, he's just completely inconsequential, and it's starting to just really get on my nerves because he is, you know, he's he's always going to be one of the most over guides on the show. Just have him do something. Have him put somebody over or have him win a bunch. I don't care what it is. Just have him do something mean- meaningful.
1: Yeah, and and at a point where, like, Ata teaming with Dragon Kid should not be happening, <laughs> like, considering the feud they had five years ago, you know? Like, like is eight to that inconsequential that you're doing that at this point like i just it, it, it's something where other than like the the business reason why why you do that but if you have a business reason why you do that then shouldn't you give the eight to fans more of a reason to want to come back to the dragon gate shows rather than saying like oh i can see him in noah you know
0: yeah god for i mean nobody wants that so dragon gate take advantage of it
1: I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I looked at that Noah card coming up in Nagoya, and I know that's going to be another one of our test cases coming up here. But I, if we ever had any question about who is booking Noah, a Psycho Clown versus El Hiodo, Dr. Wagner Jr. feels like we have the spirit of Tokyo Carnival back.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, the card I'm looking at isn't full because Chris Ridgway is on it, so it's not updated. But, okay, this match sounds fake. And I'm glad you're doing this because I want to pivot to making fun of Gleet so we can start with Noah and then go to Gleet. But GHC tag team title, Saxon Huxley and Timothy Thatcher versus Jack Morris and Anthony Green. That is not Mitsuharu Masawa's pro wrestling Noah. I don't know what that is.
1: I mean, it's real though. I mean, that's what I that is It's certainly called.
0: happening. You know, I think it's real boring, but you know, that's just me.
1: I made a really bad... Uh... Noah unit joke. The 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 Huxley Thatcher team's called real.
0: Oh is oh my god. You know yeah a, yeah, a yeah. Of, I, 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 not, yeah. Not not hear a lot know, of buzz about uh, <laughs> not not hear a lot of buzz about Timothy Thatcher's Noah work. You know I thought this was going to be the place that uh people finally appreciated him for the stoic grappler that he is. Uh, not 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 the reports I'm getting. I don't know. Not a lot of Thatcher in one matches that people were you know storming the Discord to give recommendations for.
1: I mean, I, I think we finally found four years too late the perfect Thatcher containment center. wrestling Noah, is, is,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, look, I, I, what I would give to have Noah book Thatcher in 2016 so he wasn't ruining right? evolve shows. It'd be oh my yeah. god, you know. I look, I, you know, if you just swap T.J. Perkins and Timothy Thatcher, you know, in those evolve shows, we'd be that. That would be an all-time great promotion. But instead, we'd have these really, really good shows and then they would be ruined by Timothy Thatcher main events.
1: Objectively killed the crowd, like, and kept the belt on him for that long.
0: Just all the time. I just, I, I will yeah, never yeah. get over that. If you, like, it's one thing, I don't know. If you saw Thatcher in NXT, and you're like, oh, this dude's cool. Like, I or get WXW. it. Or WXW. Yeah, it, yeah. But if you watched Thatcher and Evolve just show after show when he wasn't working Chris Hero at a point where you or I could have had a great match against Chris hero. It would just be every time he would go out there and just bore people. And I'll never be able to shake that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really something that, uh, if anyone wanted to do a, no they're not at the point yet where i feel like that you can have enough uh distance to do a retroactive evolve podcast but like reassessing no, but we're close no, no we're getting there we, we are getting there uh there was one other thing that i wanted to touch on real quick on this yeah, yeah, go before, for it. before we can pretend it just never happened uh m2k original m2k uh mochizuki susumu and kanda kai hyo and ishin Case, uh, just because this is a match, I feel like I saw a lot. I mean, I gave a Drummond three, moved on with my life. Uh, I, I I did a thing during this match. Case, uh, take a guess at how many ringside brawls there were in this match. I counted. Ooh, I I'm gonna say four. Close three, and this okay, was not a very. Right. And this was not a long match for it to have three. No, eight minutes. Uh,
0: eight, eight, eight minutes. Eight, yeah.
1: Yeah yeah yeah, and they and that was two before they did the double count out tease yeah and then they went straight to the fetish it was just one of those things i was like all right okay okay guys
0: not their best work
1: not those best works uh you said you had some great uh takes you wanted to touch on real quick
0: oh yeah real quick so on this well let me back up on this kyoto show if you haven't seen it i would watch shimizu strong machine j i would watch Mm -hmm. the main event i would also watch ben and manure versus Kagatora and fuda i thought that was a lot of fun
1: I was three and a half on that. Uh, food yeah. food fu- fu- versus ass. Ben.
0: Yep. Got his ass. Got his ass. Yep. That ruled. Yeah. So go watch those three matches. And I think you'll have yourself a grand old time. I just looked at the card when we started recording for this September 17th Gleet show in Hokkaido.
1: Oh, my God. what a What a putrid looking show. I mean, this is. I, I don't, don't have the card I, I on me. And case, I feel like I'm a little bit more of the glate defender here. I don't know how this happened, but that's the world we're in. Can you run down this card for me?
0: I, I'm I'm DMing it to you. I just okay, sent you cool. the link. Uh, it's just, it's just a whole bunch of nothing. I mean, I don't I don't know if we need to go through every match. It looks like Shima is it, working. Oh yeah, yeah. A Joshi group, which I don't know what that is. So uh Unagi Sayaka
1: was in this match. She's been hurt, and Shima's filling in. And th- that that's been booked on Twitter. Okay. Again, cool. So the, I'm an egotist. Like the, the the heel group that they made look like chumps just from their entrance alone at uh sumo hall. Remember that? yeah Like, like they came in through a completely yeah. empty audience. That was like, oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Junji versus uh Tetsuya Izuki, uh, Izuchi. I don't want to watch that. Jun Tancho and Soma Watanabe versus Cosmo Sakamoto and Quiet Storm. That feels heatless. Uh, the Saito Tancho. Brothers. I thought
1: Tancho was going to it'll like get somewhat of a push coming out of 60 seconds. I should have known better. No, no, no. Come on. They're, they're None what, of them.
0: What are they going to do? Push somebody that didn't wrestle in
1: Dragon Gates? That would be insane, Mike. Maybe they should try to do the opposite of what they've done and see how that worked out. It's just again, it's like the funniest
0: war ever, where Dragon Gate can't retaliate because, you know, if they poach Soma Watanabe, it's who gives a shit. You know, he's not a he's not a star, even though he's super and super talented.
1: And it's where do you find the money? Who do you, who do you like make space for to get Soma Watanabe?
0: At yeah, point. you know, it, Dragon Gate. I I don't I don't know of a wrestling war like this where Dragon Gate just completely has to be on the defensive. They have to hope they don't lose wrestlers. Due to the corporate-backed Glate promotion, but also there's no, it's not a war, you know. Because one, just let's be real, you can't compare the two earnestly. But also, who are they? Who are they supposed to get? I, it's just, it's amazing. I, I, you know, again, Saito brothers versus uh, Jan's family G Infinity title match. I'm good on that. No, thank you. I think that sounds horrible.
1: I mean I, I I the 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 thing is I don't want people to uh interpret my bemusement as actually like being like a huge fan, but I am very bemused by the idea of Yan's family a comedy stable being up there for that. Like that that that's great. Like doing great here. Now I saw the attendance from the show yesterday. Yep, no, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh
0: yeah, I mean look, main event, check Shimitani, Hayato Tamora and Ryuchi Kawakami. Three talented wrestlers versus Lindaman, T Hawk, and Jack Cartwheel. Three talented wrestlers. I don't understand why that's happening or who's that's for.
1: You know, it's well, just
0: oh, I, know I, it's I, I don't, I don't get. I don't get. I, I don't get this promotion.
1: Okay, that's a, that's in Sapporo, like the like whatever local T Hawk fans he has. He's from Sapporo,
0: so they're gonna have him team with Jack Cartwheel.
1: Oh, I can't rationalize that bit. I mean, uh, did Erie have an a, another date that he was able to make? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure
0: he was working in fucking WXW.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like that—that's what it boils down to with this promotion. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah he, he was doing WXW, and then Sammy Callahan's promotion in the same weekend. Oh wow. Okay. So, so that was that's not true. Sure. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't Damn doing that. Case, but I, I love. I I I, 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 love, on that. I love. I love that you believe that. That is so joyous to me.
1: I mean, how can't I? How can't oh, I? I mean track it track track history. I mean the track record tells me that he that if he's not there, then odds are he might be working either WXW or the wrestling revolver. So maybe maybe
0: Erie and Jack Cartwheel have the same person because Eerie has like a at least at one point had a guy in his corner who was encouraging him to make what i would consider to be ill-advised career moves and i feel like jack hartwheel is doing the same where it's just like AAA, nwa gleet why are you working these promotions you're talented go somewhere else
1: yeah that's like intentionally like just trying to have the weirdest cage match uh profile as possible he's doing it for sickos like me who will look at that in three years and i'll be like that that's funny i i remember that
0: oh we'll, we'll for sure do a segment on it in oh, 2026 yeah. so i'm looking forward to it
1: yeah no for sure uh so i w- with other topics we've had for this week uh we kind of talked around this uh we allude to it briefly so they are figuring out what to do with the triangle gates that were vacated when Minerita ruptured his acl no news on uh his injury but acls aren't short-term injuries if that happens but we do have a Six-team trios tournament happening across the next three televised shows, starting in Osaka. Two of the three uh, first-round matches of that in Osaka. The next one, the next week in Kobe for a three-way finals. I mean, it's Dragon Gate. I mean, like, it feels like if it's vacated, they they, they kind of booked this into a three-way match. It's out of tradition here. So I'm okay with that. It works for me. So l- uh, let's talk about the teams and the matchups. So the matchups happening... This weekend in Osaka, Natural Vibes, KZ, Strong Machine J, UT versus Gold Class, Minora, Ben, and Hulk. The other match happening in Osaka is Susumu Mochizuki, Azushi Kanda, and Mochizuki Jr. versus Shun Skywalker, Kai, and Hio. The remaining open round match, D Courage versus Rookie Selection, Yoshiki Kato, Kaito Nagano, and Ryo Yatanaka. The three winners will face off on the October sixth, Corkin, to crown the eighty seventh Open the Triangle Gate Champion team.
0: I am just so pumped that Shuna is back. I think it's going to be a shot in the arm for this entire promotion.
1: Yeah, uh like that is a interesting kind of a match. Uh, Mochizuki Senior has tweeted about like the fact that it's not the original in 2k in this one it is junior so they're going back to kind of like remember like that little bit of a storyline earlier this year about junior being chosen and not mochizuki and i feel like that, that we could kind of say like okay that way you get kai hio and shun as the heel team at cork in here you can play off that with uh m3k you know yeah very much just, so because we've got to work our way out of m3k like there is stuff you have to do with m3k before you have a full shake up uh, Decourage versus uh, rookie selection in Kobe, though. I like that.
0: I I I love it. You know, I I think I I don't see a way that the rookies do their thing and you know are are victorious here. But I do think this match has the potential to be very very good.
1: Here is the way that you get this: is how the rookies advance. Uh, something catastrophic happens, and there's a. Wet spot on the outside that both Kakuda and Yoshioka slip in and sprain their ankles, and that allows Kato to put them in the modified blood fall. That's the only way it happens. <laughs> and that sounds fantastic. Well done. I mean, that me and GM Rio Saito we talk, uh, but it, it's something like I, I wonder if you move your way back to a gold class team out of this, and that's what we're looking at as a triangle gate team
0: i i said that when when they had to vacate the belts was just just shift it over and, and do ben menorah and doi instead you know I, i'd be all for that
1: kind of missing doi here in this tournament now i'm looking at it
0: oh that's a good point oh i don't want i don't want hulk on in the belt that's just not as exciting
1: yeah no i'm with you on that so we do kind of have like basically half of the uh, Osaka card then we have these two matches and then Yoshioka versus Shimizu. We didn't talk about the uh, post-match beatdown. That ruled. That was the best thing. Yes, Kiyo, you're right. Promise. You're right. So I, I I don't know when Yoshioka came out from backstage, but by the end of the match, Yoshioka was watching the uh, Shimizu versus Strong Machine J match. He tried to slink away into the back, trying to make it look like that Shimizu cannot face off of him. Shimizu noticed and just like the fastest you've ever seen a uh, big boss Shimizu in his life took him down brought him into the ring uh it looked like there was gonna be a, a moment where yoshioka was going to be able to kind of fight him off but uh shimizu just kind of shoved him off and then just did like a huge routing shoulder tackle uh and then they set the match that we've been talking about the last match in the uh, shimizu versus reiwa six as it will be yuki yoshioka versus big boss shimizu in big boss shimizu's hometown of osaka this weekend
0: Looking forward to it. It should be a should be fun show. I always enjoy Osaka number two. Everybody that's heard this show knows that I love me some Osaka number two.
1: Yep. And it'll be interesting to see, like, given those three matches, what else they kind of do. I mean, none of the rookies are attached to anything, nothing with uh, TN Revolution. So it, it, I'll be interested to in see how they put together the rest of this Osaka card.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I am too. We'll, uh, we'll be back
1: next week with a full review of that show absolutely and one last thing that we kind of had for this week uh this week and uh was the 90th anniversary of cmll is their 90th anniversary the oldest promotion in the world and case you brought this up to me so i'm trying to find a way to pitch this to you but dragon gate and cmll kind of have a similar kind of thing and a, like a similar kind of setup, a certain thing where, like, you had a main event at Kobe World that was a Pwestas. There were two Apuestas at at an Anniversario. Uh, Chris, uh, pit, uh, I'm pitching it to you. Uh, the relation that we have between CMLL and Dragon Gate here.
0: Well, what I want to ask you as we approach the end of the year and CMLL has this Anniversario show that I think turned a lot of heads, turned people on to Lucha easily one of the best shows I've seen this year with some really high level matches and it's you know my promotion of the year do you think there's anything that Dragon Gate could learn from CMLL success this year
1: I think when you like look at CMLL and the way that CMLL operates and how Dragon Gate operates in some ways it's two completely different worlds in a way CMLL by and large, is basically vertically integrated. They own their venues. They even have a great deal that has been helping them out uh, in, Mex- in Mexico City for a long time called Turi Luchas, which basically is a, an established program with the board tourism that takes uh, tourists from the hotels to Arena Mexico and back each each show. And it's been like a massive thing for their influx there. Uh, watching this show, like the, one of the big things that kind of gets me whenever I watch like bigger lucha shows is the spectacle dragon gate does not do spectacle it is something that the spectacle is an inherent emotion of the promotion is the fact that it's kind of been telling a never-ending story for the last 25 years in a way but whenever it's like big shows and like the and this happens like what is spectacle to dragon gate you get a special entrance and you might have a new set of gear you're debuting whereas you look at an adversario and it is something like top to bottom and especially in the main events you know like from people's ring gears from their entrance from just everything and it's always been a thing with cmll that they did for these especially for the anniversary shows is that the spectacles at max I main case they had the goddamn u.s ambassador to mexico on this show presenting a trophy here like dragon gate like as much as i love president nagamori there is a big difference there
0: yeah, very much so <laughs> yeah I think that's all that's all well thought out you know I, I think CMLL has done a lot of things this year that I normally expect from Dragon Gate you know very logical booking clear elevation and certain stars and great matches and you know it's it, it, Dragon Gate's in this weird spot this year there's been so many years where this promotion has been so much worse you know this is all in all a fine year for the promotion But it does feel like there's been some wasted potential where CMLL, you can feel it. You know, more people are watching Lucha than, or at least CMLL, because AAA had a moment where it was really trendy. But more people are watching CMLL right now than any point that I can remember in the now 10 years that I've sort of been in this bubble. Like, I I remember watching Anniversario 2014. And I remember not liking it and not understanding all the hype, whereas now I'd actually like to go back and rewatch that show because I think I would appreciate it more now. And I remember that being like a really big deal because that was Atlantis, Ultima Guerrero. But CMLL has done what Drangate can't do. They've broken into a North American English-speaking audience, and people really care about their stars. And if I were Drangate, that is the promotion I'd be taking notes on. Okay, how do we do what they've done?
1: And I think like one thing Thing that you that they actually really could take and this would be a big change for them and it's something that they kind of have done before like in 2006 uh I would say that the person that is the straw that serves the drink in l in 2023 is Rocky Romero right like it's's it's
0: been I, I mean look I I I had a thing a few years ago I would say up through about 2019 or maybe even the pandemic I would I would go out of my way to watch every Rocky Romero match that made tape. I've always thought the guy is just a brilliant pro wrestler. This is the best work of his career. And it might not be the best work of TJP's career, but when I watch him in Arena Mexico, I go, this is what this guy was born to do. All right, those two together, just a total wrecking crew.
1: Yeah, and it's so one of the great things about like Rocky Romero coming into CMLL is that he provides himself as this invader character that allows – like the the, the storyline, the feud with Oldor Junior, and now coming out of Anniversario, it definitely feels like him and Mystico have a big direction. I know that they've been getting at it before that, but it's something that like you kind of have this guy who's come in, and everyone knows that uh, Rocky's not leaving New Japan. Like that's just not going to happen. But he's he's found somewhere to kind of focus his energy this year, and I think you when you when when his run ends in CMLL. No matter what, uh, how it kind of ends, like I think you have to take a step back and it, and you have to say that no matter what, he has left CML better than he came in here for it. And really, the the, the last person who kind of did that was Pac. And the idea of having someone come in and with Dragon Gate, it, it's kind of hard just because of the idea of being an independently owned and operated company, and especially at a time where if you. If you look at the yen to dollar, it's not looking very good right now from the Japanese side. So it's very hard to, like, kind of have this. But maybe it's something where you can get someone within Japan to, like, come do, like, a year in a way that, like, Yuji Nagata has done in all Japan. Or uh, maybe not to this extent because we know how that went. But how Suzuki Gun came into NOAA for a year, it is something that I feel like that could have been something that, like, adding, like, an element like that and for just a period of time that you could just have, like... I, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of someone that would be interesting to play, like, this Vader-like role, but it's just the opportunity to have someone come in here and the Rising Tide lift all ships, and I feel like that is a major lesson to be learned from Simolal this year if you were Dragon Gate.
0: Sorry, I was on mute. I think that's very well put, and uh, I, I have nothing more to add other than If you haven't seen the Anniversario show, go watch it. The entire show, from start to finish, is super, super fun. And I didn't even—I didn't like Templario versus Dragon Rojo as much as everybody else did. I thought it was very good. Some people thought it was, like, really, really great. I did not. I just thought it was very good. But everything on this show, so much fun. There are AEW shows that probably had more great matches— but there are very few shows this year that felt more fun than this one.
1: Yeah, it felt like an event, and I think that it's something where, I'd like to put a bow on it. The biggest thing, I guess, and you could kind of lump in uh, Rocky Romero into the spectacle, this this felt like a special event, and I don't think we could have said that about Kobe World this year, and that is something that, when you look at 2022 and 2021, having the double show weekend, even though... We can talk about Ultimo thirty five and how much of a disaster that was and the focus that was pulled by Speed Star Final away from Kobe World the night before, but there was a spectacle there that Dragon Gate does not have at this moment. That I'm you definitely have an adversario because Casey okay, so you, uh, this afternoon I well, we decided that we were going to talk a little bit about this. I sat down and watched the entire thing. I was like, this is one of my favorite shows of the year. It just was a fulfilling experience. And I feel like that with spectacle would have would add so much to Dragon Gate right now where I don't feel like it is there.
0: Yeah, I don't know a single person that's watched this show that, that hasn't loved it. And even though logistically it's impossible, and maybe I shouldn't wish for this because it would mean taking him away from Dragon Gate, I so badly want to see Diamante do like four months in CMLL and then get him back to Japan. But with this promotion and this roster and the way that it's booked right now, I would love to see him there
1: diamante versus sobrano jr
0: yeah diamante versus stuka jr
1: mm, i like that i like that a whole lot well this was kind of a little bit of a not not even dragon system buffet this is kind of like an around the world and a l- little bit more of a big picture dragon gate kind of thought episode of Open the voice gate but case you have anything else you want to touch on before we got out of here i don't mike i i am ready uh to go Yep, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. I believe we'll be back to our regular schedule next week on Tuesday. But that's going to do it for us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at OpenVoiceGate. Voicegate cases at underscore in your case. I'm at Foochie Thanks for listening to the Voicegate. We'll be back with you next week. Take care. Uh, 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 uh.
0: Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.